Hey everyone, it's Mac, and welcome back to Master of a Few, the podcast where the curious mind meets too much time. Hey everyone, my name is Mac, and welcome to Master of a Few, the podcast where the curious mind meets too much time. Hey everyone, it's Mac, and welcome back to Master of a Few, the podcast where the curious mind meets too much time. How are y'all doing today? Good? Great? Brilliant. You will have likely heard my intro twice, is what I'm thinking. I'm saying this now, and I'm not sure if I will do it, but I think I will. Um, the first one being before I started testosterone, and the second being now, uh, because it is Friday, October 25th, but Monday, October 28th, will officially be two months on testosterone. Does anybody else feel like this time has gone by ridiculously quickly? Because I do. It's ridiculous. Um, so, life update. I'll talk a little bit more on it this time than previous times because we're at the two-month mark, and that's that's pretty crazy. Um, all things are doing well. Um, I think, I think, I said this last time, and it was not the case, but hopefully this time y'all can hear a change in my voice. I can. I can definitely hear it, so I think others will too, maybe. Let's, let's hope. Um, what other significant life updates, um, that I'm not going to speak on vaguely, but importantly in the body of this episode. Um, I am still in school. I have a big midterm on Monday and then a big quiz on Wednesday. That's not very interesting for you, but it's a big factor for me. Um, yeah, I don't really have, I don't really have much, um, in the way of big major life updates. So I'll tell you about my feelings about being on testosterone and then we will get into the topic today. So, um, my voice is definitely starting to change. I'm noticing a little bit of a hairline change. I have a bit more of a jawline these days. I've been told I'm filling out in a good way and I will take it. Um, I'm still hungry. I get hot flashes, but not until like the day before my next shot, which is nice. Um, staring off into the void for hours in between shots, like toward the end of the two weeks is starting to lessen. Uh, so that's great. Um, anything else? No, I, I honestly, I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. In all in all, it's going great. I'm still loving it. Um, it's sort of just become part of my routine and it started get becoming part of my routine really, really quickly. It's just something that like I knew that should be happening in my life and now that it, now it is and so it just feels right. So that's pretty fantastic. Um, okay, on to our topic, which is going to sort of encompass more of the life update things, but in less explicit detail. Um, so a year ago and a couple weeks, uh, I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know, it might actually have been a year ago, but you know, it was on September 17th, 17th. Yeah. I released an episode called on being seen. And that was in response to a very new experience for me when one of my friends prayed over me and it was the first time that I had had somebody pray for me and use the right pronouns. It was one of the first times that has ever happened and it was very emotional and it was great. And so I was talking about how moving it is to be seen. And I want to talk about that 
more, but not as much in regards to being seen by others, but in being seen by myself. Um, because that is something that I have been working on with with some pretty with some pretty big successes. Um, so that's what I want to talk about. Because for me, there's always been now being seen by others is still really, really important. And when I am not seen by others, it still causes tremendous amounts of dysphoria. Um, Wednesday was that day. It sucked. Um, when people make comments that um, completely exclude you from conversation at best and at worst, completely misidentify who you are as a human being, that sucks. And there is pretty much nothing you can do to make that not suck. Um, and so that is a really, really hard experience. That was Wednesday. That was awful. But all in all, this past week has been an exercise in seeing myself and deciding to actually advocate for myself as much as I would advocate for others. Because I have this tendency, let's, you know, just call it a superhero complex because I might really like a particular superhero, if you haven't noticed. Um, I will defend others to, to the end. I am loyal to a fault, and I mean that, loyal to a fault. <laughs> I will do whatever I possibly can to defend the people I care about. Which is both a good thing and a bad thing, um, because often that means giving people the benefit of the doubt for a lot longer than I should, and or not in the effort of trying to see the best in people and trying to be forgiving, I will ignore my own needs and the things that I should um, see myself as worthy of, and it can lead to some really, really big issues. Um, and so that has been this past week, has been me uh, realizing that all of the things that my friends have been telling me um, are, are accurate things, that I am a human being deserving of love and deserving of being seen and proud of and all of those things. And while every time a friend would say that, I would smile and I would nod and I'd say, I know, thank you. I appreciate it. I never, I wasn't acting on that. And it took something happening out of my control. And then having that option presented to me again for me to really look at it with fresh eyes and say, okay, wait a second. Wait a second. I am enough. And that's been a really hard thing for me for a lot of reasons. First of all, that's not the way I was raised. If you know anything about conservative evangelical culture or any sort of that type of atmosphere, you're constantly told you're not enough. It's it's one of the bedrock statements of evangelicalism, or at least fun, Baptist fundamentalism. You're not enough. That's why Jesus died. 
you are not enough. That's why you can't live in a way pleasing to God. You're not enough. And I realize as I read scripture and as I think it through, that's not, that's not in the Bible. And that is and has been a really hard realization for me. I'm not good with the whole, you know, self-esteem, feeling capable and that kind of thing. I'm not good at that. I'm very good at the I am nothing, I am a wretch, I have nothing attitude. I'm good at that. Um, because that is what I have practice at. <laughs> But as I'm thinking about it, the things that Jesus does say about us is that we're made in the image of God. That he, Jesus, sees us and knows us and loves us. That we are worthy of that love. That God thought we were so worth loving that the whole plan of redemption happened. Because we are so worth loving. And that's beautiful. And I was, I'm writing a, a poem, like a long dramatized version of the Ethiopian eunuch. And as I'm writing it, I'm thinking again about this story that is one of my favorites. I know I've talked about it on here many, many times, so I won't go through the whole thing. But thinking again about the fact that Jesus gave no exceptions. And the fact that we are made by the creator and we are seen and fully known and fully loved and there are no exceptions there are no qualifications to be had and that is a beautiful beautiful thing and so being able to look at myself in the mirror and say you deserve to be loved fully and completely without reservation you deserve to be seen and respected and known. And that has been a really, really hard thing. But if I am to love others as I would like to be loved, and I want to love others in a way that they are fully seen, fully known, and fully loved, then that's the way I should be loved as well. The logic works backwards. And that is a new a new thing and I know I've had this conversation on here before but I actually did something about it this time and I'm pretty proud of myself for it um, and that allows me to give a response to the people who do dismiss my identity or who refuse to accept me or who say ignorant things that cause a lot of harm and to them I say you're just wrong. There is something really, really good about being able to know for sure that something is wrong. There's some, there's a piece in that, being able to say, I don't know everything, but I know that's not right. And that's a really comforting place to be, because at least I know something. And I know that when people look at me and they call me the wrong name, or they call me the wrong pronouns, or they just flat out call me a woman. I can look at that and say, no, you are just completely wrong. 
and I know it, and the people who love me know it, and my God knows it, so you know what? Screw you. <laughs> now, I say that with, with honestly very little malice, and because I don't need to, because this might sound forward, but God knows who I am, and therefore, who really cares? If, and I say that now because in the moment I care. I care a lot. My brain shuts down and I'm unable to function and it's awful and atrocious. But once I have recovered from that, the response is, you say what you feel like you need to say because my God knows me. My God knows who I am. And my God loves me. Not in spite of who I am. Not in pity for who I am, but because my God created me. My God created every single part of me. My God knows that I would be trans. My God knows that I would have health issues. My God knows that I would have insomnia and bad dreams and nerve pain and all of those things. My God knew all of those things would happen and my God just loves me. And that's beautiful. You know, it's really beautiful. And I think that if we approach scripture with more of that mindset and less of a my God is up there with a hammer waiting and watching and just saying, if you really wanted this, you would try harder. If we stop looking at God like that, we would be much happier people. And I think we treat each other better too. Because we do act like the way we think our God is, and and if that's the case, then most of the time, people have some messed up views of God. Which, I mean, welcome to humanity, that's just how the world works. But, alright, back on track, what were we talking about? Oh yes, on being seen. Um, there's something beautiful about that. About being able to not just be seen by others, which, don't get me wrong, I still tear up a bit in churches when somebody will refer to me with the right pronouns. I still tear up a bit because that is something that is still so new to me. Um, knowing that I can participate in worship. Knowing that if if I choose to get ordained some in some capacity, I can do that. And don't get me wrong, that will always and forever make me tear up. <laughs> forever. But also, being able to actually see myself, and not just in like my physicalness, which is helping, which is being helped significantly by hormones. That is, I am able to speak and feel more confident. I look in the mirror and I feel better. It's great. I have to shave sometimes. I love it. But not just things like that. But I'm able to look myself, I'm going to be able to look in the mirror and look myself in the eye and see someone who I have always wanted to see. I was trying to write this poem for a project coming up and I decided to scrap that idea because it just, it wasn't working, but I still like the concept. And it was going to be a hybrid poem slash musical compilation of my story as told as in both my relationship with my father, my earthly father, and my heavenly father, um, with the juxtaposition of songs I grew up 
singing or, and or listening to. The first being, Have We Taught Our Children Well?, which is one that my father used to sing with his gospel quartet. And he would call my brother and I up on the stage when we were really little and sing that song with us on his lap. And I remember the words of the chorus are, Have we taught our children well? Are our lives a show and tell? Have they seen the love of Jesus in our lives? Have we taught our children well? And then I was going to move into the first time I sang in church, and it was trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to, be tr but to trust and obey. And then moving into hear my Lord send me, hear my Lord, send me, I will serve you faithfully, hear my Lord, send me, and being told no, 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 when I said that I would be a tenor like my dad, and they said no, you can be an alto, you can't be a tenor, and you can't really be an Isaiah, you can be an Isaiah's wife, you can be an Isaiah's kid's mom, but you can't be an Isaiah. And then I remember singing, it is finished. The battle is over. It is finished. There'll be no more war. It is finished. The end of the conflict. It is finished. And Jesus is Lord. And to be honest, I love that song. But the thing that really got me is how everyone looked at me so proud when I was standing up and proclaiming it is finished because it was part of a song. And if I was saying the same words, but not in a song, I would be preaching and then they would have very different reactions. And then moving on from there is the song, I Choose the Lord, where I talk about where I was singing the verse about all of the men I wanted to be like, like Daniel, let me stand, like Paul, let me pray, like Jesus, let me give my life for you. When the rest have turned and gone and I'm standing all alone, Lord, let these words be what I say to you. I choose to fight. I choose the right. I choose to take a stand like those gone on before. No doubt I'll win. Christ will defend. There's no turning back until I reach that shore. I choose the Lord. And I remember when I sang that song, I was at a point in my life where I was so tired. I was starting to realize my identities and starting to realize that choosing the right, I had no idea what that meant. Because if it was choosing the right I had grown up believing, then I would be choosing to break my heart every time I fell in love. It would be choosing to be miserable in my body and in the identity I had with those around me. But I was told to choose the Lord. And then there was the song, I Stand Redeemed. And this was the first time I felt seen because that was my dad's solo. And I finally got to sing it, and I remember them saying, no, you're not going to be able to sing that. And I said, watch me. And I did. And the first time I stood up with the teen department and sang, I stand redeemed, my dad stand up and stood up and cried. He was so proud of the fact that I was standing there singing his song. And I remember thinking, this might be the last time he looks at me like that. And it was one of the last times that he looked at me like that. And that was the first time that I felt seen by him. Knowing that he wasn't seeing all of me, but at least maybe there was a bit of him that maybe saw the son I always was. Trying to follow in his dad's footprints. And now I'm here and I'm glad I didn't. I love my dad very much, but... I am so glad 
that I didn't. Because then I was trying to fit into some mold and I remember distinctly looking in the mirror and not recognizing the person looking back at me and being like, I don't understand how you exist and I don't want you to. And praying that I would get to stop existing. And now I'm here and I look in the mirror and I actually know who I'm looking at. And there are still things that I'm not particularly thrilled with. But I look in my eyes and I know who I'm looking at. I'm looking at a son of God, a man of God, with a calling and a purpose and joy and deserving of love, unashamed love. And that's beautiful. And I am so thankful to be here. So to any of you who have trouble convincing yourself that you are worthy of being loved, guess what? You are. And I know that everybody and their brother can say that to you. And until the moment you look in the mirror and actually see it for yourself, it's not going to matter much. But I'd like to add my voice and say you, you are worthy. And I hope one of these days you believe it. To all of you who know that you're worthy, congratulations. Good job. Keep, keep doing the things. And yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's good. So keep being seen, keep seeing yourself, keep seeing others, do all of those good things. And, and yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty great. Okay, well, this has been a bit of a longer one, and I'm pretty happy about that, um, and a bit rambly, but I hope you enjoyed it. As always, um, my YouTube hasn't had a new video in like two months. But I will, in theory, be uploading an update video for my testosterone um, within the next week because two months, and that is my goal. I'm going to do it. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, my book is still available on Amazon, Confessions of the Careful Poet. I'm working on a collection of poems that I've just recently decided I'm going to do. So be on the lookout for those as well. I'll give you updates as I have them. And I think that is everything. Um, oh, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at, um, at Mac of a few, if you want to do that. I think it's at Mac of a few. That sounds right. Uh, let's make sure. Yes. At Mac of a few. That is my Instagram for the podcast. Um, check it out if you want to, if you don't, that's fine too. And I think that's everything. So my name's Mac and this has been Master of a Few. Have a brilliant day. Bye. Bye.